Gums. <laughs> what? Gum. Oh, sorry. Oh, no. See, now we're all messed up. We don't have a quote to tell I us who's going to say it. <laughs> and you paused. I was like, oh, does she want me to uh, eat uh, 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 We can just start. <laughs> rusty. <laughs> we are a... It's been a minute. Well, and we also haven't recorded one this way in a long time. Right. We've only so, done it one time like this. One other time. When really, we probably should have done it Four for a few times. other things. <laughs> Welcome. You're listening to the We Read Books podcast. I hope you already knew that. (laughs) We are a show that reads books and then tells you about the experience because it's fun. Exactly. And that's Wit. And that's Mad. And we're your two-man crew. Two-man crew, your hosts for this duration. (laughs) We are your cruise directors to keep your arms and legs inside the boat. Directors, not captains. We can't marry you or anything like that, but we are here for your book discussion needs. (laughs) It'd be pretty cool to get ordained and marry people. Yeah. I don't know who would be like, hey, will you marry us? But, I mean... Usually people... If they don't, you know, go the traditional route, then they mm-hmm. go to, like, a very good friend. So, if yeah. you have a very good friend, I mean, you're one of the most eloquent people I know. So, Aww. if I were to go that route, I, you would be my first <laughs> choice. I have, I did write, uh, when Emily and Keegan got married, I wrote their ceremony. See? Yeah. You would just, rather than writing their vows to each other, you'd be, you know, doing, mm-hmm. doing the other side. Doing the other side. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like I really nailed writing the ceremony for them. Their officiant did not, uh, I don't think it was necessarily the type of language he is used to using, Uh so it didn't feel correct. Yeah. The delivery. Yeah. But it was still nice. Oh, so you didn't write their vows. You wrote the officiants. Okay. Well, see, you've done done the job. You just... (laughs) Didn't get to verbalize it. Right. So, yeah. 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 One on your resume. <laughs> Ew. We've got some social medias. Indeed we do. Instagrams. Uh, at We Read Books Pod. And the same for TikTok. And our email is We Read Books Pod 23 at gmail.com. Yeah. Ooh. None of you have used it yet. But yeah. I'm not shaming you. I'm just I'm just letting you know in case you are wondering. <laughs> Gosh, I wonder if anyone has emailed them yet. <laughs> the answer is no. But we <laughs> <laughs> I like the idea that somebody is listening and they're like, damn, I wonder if anyone has sent them an email yet. <laughs> or maybe you're sitting there thinking, I would love to send them an email, but I'm shy. You know, that's the great thing about the internet is Anonymity. Exactly. So, if you haven't yet, but you want to, email us. I mean, unless you're wanting to say something mean, then yeah, please just keep that. Yeah. <laughs> keep that to yourself. But if you if you want to give us your opinions on stuff, or you know, just you can email us. We're we're here. Yep. <laughs> we will read it and respond to it. Indeed, we will. So. 
This is your opportunity. Yeah. I'm sure you noticed you did not get the usual quote at the beginning. Yeah. And that is because we're doing a two-parter. Yeah, we are. Like we did for Discovery of Witches. But this time, we are doing Legendborn. Another book with magic, uh, with just a lot going on. Lots of um, magic rules, or not necessarily rules, but just... There's a magic system. Yes. And, yeah, so we're just kind of... uh, We're doing exactly the same way we did Discovery of Witches. This episode that you're currently in is the synopsis. So we're just going to plow through the major plot points. This is what happens. Blah, 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 blah. And then in the next episode, we will discuss some of the major points of it. And go over the magic system and stuff. Yeah. If you've already read this book and you know what happens, you could stick around for a quick recap. Or you could just move right on to the discussion. Yeah. Your choice. We just, our episodes have been getting kind of long and we don't know how you guys feel about that. So (laughs) we're, we're, we just know this one is a long book with a lot going on. So we're just, uh, giving this split up a whirl again. Yeah. Um, I think it worked out really well for Discovery of Witches, honestly. Agreed. So we're we're gonna fiddle around with some other ways to not have super super wildly long episodes on certain books, but I mean sometimes it's just kind of inevitable. Right. I mean, and you know when you're doing a major play by play, like it just it's gonna happen. Yeah. That, that, I, I mean, it's not a 30-minute episode or even an hour-long episode of something. This is <laughs> hours of reading. Yeah, so, yeah. At least for me. I'm not a speed reader. But... <laughs> yeah, I think I when I read Legendborn the very first time, I read it on my iPad. And um, I think it took me about three or four days. I was afraid you were going to say hours, and I was going to fall over. <laughs> no, it's pretty yes, long, yeah, actually. It took me probably about a week, and that was like reading it in every spare moment that I had. Yeah, this is a, it's about 500 pages. Yeah. Uh, so it's not a short book by any means. But, but it's, yeah. It's no, you know, you can't see my fingers, but. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like a Game of Thrones, right? right where. Or that. Priory of a... Oh, Priory of the Orange Tree. That book looks big. It's uh, that clunker over there. That's even bigger than... I was thinking it was like, oh, probably as thick as Anna Karenina. No, that's a lot thicker and a lot taller, so... I think the print in that book generally is larger. Good. So, and I think it's like very heavyweight paper. So, I think its size is deceiving. That's good. I think it might be like 800 pages. I I looked when I got it, but that was months ago. Yeah. <laughs> I but, clearly have a stress response when it comes to the size of books now <laughs> because of <laughs> Pride and Prejudice being <laughs> looking so small and having the smallest font yeah. I have ever read in my life. Yeah. I just don't know what to believe anymore. <laughs> Yeah, it can be deceiving yeah. for for sure. Yeah. But yeah, I think that one is it's less than a thousand. Which oh, that's whenever if I encounter a book that's less than a thousand pages, it doesn't feel that long. Yeah, because like the last from 
the fourth Harry Potter on, they're all over 700 pages. So True. I've read those. Okay. Yeah. I got some yeah. confidence back. <laughs> just got to contextualize right. it a little. Exactly. <laughs> okay. I guess we're just going to jump into our plot points here. Yeah, let's do this. Hey. We, we may make a few comments, but for the most part, we'll breeze through. Yeah. Breathe, breathe. <laughs> I can't help myself. Not that we want it to be boring, like we're just reading it to you, you know? We'll, we'll try and make it interesting. Yeah. I mean, it's a good book, it's and the so story good. is really, really great. Yeah. So, spoiler I mean, alert, we really, really like it. <laughs> yeah. I'm, we're not going to make you wait till the end. No. Okay, so when we first start off, we meet Bree, and this is basically the prologue, right? Yes. Yeah, so okay, we start with the prologue, as you do, <laughs> and Bree, is, uh, she's a 16-year-old girl, and um, her mom is killed in a car crash. Yeah. Yikes. Um, she and her dad go to the hospital, that whole sort of scene mm-hmm. and there's a cop there who's telling them what happened. Yeah. She's describing it in a way saying how like she can't even focus on the police officer and um, things are hazy and she can't even, you know, and y- you think initially like, oh, this is, this is grief. This is through tear streaked eyes, mm-hmm. you know, no wonder it's blurry, hazy, fuzzy, but then you kind of get maybe a different kind of context for that later. Yeah. But here now, it's just... But I do like that she kind of mentions sort of like a unfocused sort of Mm -hmm. sense to the scene. You know, just it being so traumatizing as well. Yeah. The scene isn't described in a traumatizing way. It's just traumatizing for the character who is narrating for us. Right, right. It's not... I don't think it's described in a no. detailed way or anything. No, the like the accident and everything. I don't no, I don't no, think I that's don't ever think so. described. Yeah. After the prologue, we flash forward three months after the accident. Mm-hmm. And Bree is starting the early college program at UNC Chapel Hill with her best friend Alice. Little buddy Alice. Oh, so this program essentially is like for juniors and seniors in high school. They could start their junior year of high school at college. Mm-hmm. So they finish high school while also finishing their first year of college or first two years of college. I wasn't too focused on this because there's so much more to focus on, but I was yeah. kind of curious, like, if it was finishing at high school, if some of this went towards any of their college credits, mm-hmm. I know at very least it is meant to be a introduction to um, college life and getting acclimated to that kind of mm-hmm. lifestyle. Really, if you think about it, that's kind of a, a brilliant idea to sort of ease into something like that rather than, you know, your first year at college, which is already a big deal then also for the first time being away from home mm-hmm. and having all of that compounded to your first year, like it's kind of smart to 
get acclimated to that first before you start your more difficult, rigorous studies. So yeah, at first I was like, this is silly. And now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, it's actually a smart idea. <laughs> yeah. I think they, they are for sure getting college credit. I think. And they're taking advanced classes too. Yeah. I think honestly, when they finish the early college program, they will come out as they will finish it. And then their next year of college will be like their junior year of college. Mm, okay. So it puts them that far ahead. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, even better then. Yeah. So uh, we had a, a kid in my class from high school who did something like this. Mm-hmm. And he did come back and walk with us at graduation, but he was not in school with us junior year or senior year. Yeah. He was actually, I think he went to Rala. Nice. For, to their engineering school. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I think that this is very similar to something he did. Nice. Bree and her BFF, Alice, they have a dorm. They're rooming together. It's, yeah, yeah. they're living the life. Yeah. And what do you do on your first night of college? <laughs> Break the rules. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, Alice and Bree agree to go to a party with their friend Charlotte, who's a freshman at UNC, so she's out of the early program, and she's a freshman in mm-hmm. in college. And uh, they go to a cliff diving party with, as I said, Charlotte and then her boyfriend, Evan. Mm-hmm. So you could say they got talked into it, but they're smart girls. Yeah. They knew what they decided to do. Yeah. Breaking them rules. And, I mean, this is something that is just kind of par for the course. Right. You push your boundaries. You're, you're yeah. trying something new. You're, you don't have any adult supervision right now. You're away from your parents for the first time. You're 16 years old. You are still, what, nine years away from having a frontal lobe. You're definitely, you're definitely going to be easy to coerce into going to a cliff party. Absolutely. Especially by an older girl. Yeah. She she's smarter. She knows better. She, if she says we won't get caught, let's go. <laughs> let's do it. And it's a it's tradition. This happens every single year, yeah. and so it feels like it's a little less rule breaking if it's tradition, a known thing. Yeah, you know. Suffice it to say, they're not the only freshmen that are breaking the rules or doing this. But mm-hmm. you'll come to find that that's how it seems. Yeah. Uh, anyway, mm-hmm. so cliff jumping party. So we've got uh, people jumping off the cliff. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. And we just kind of get a, a few interactions, you know, nothing super important until yeah. Bree meets a mysterious amber eyed boy who warns her against jumping because yeah. Charlotte and Alice and Evan go, I don't even know, take a fire pit yeah, or yeah. whatever. And Brie still obviously just full of turmoil over what happened to her mom. And now she's, you know, kind of stepped away from home. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily for a fresh start, but to kind of forget that pain. And, of course, it followed her. So she's kind of contemplating jumping, which would be a very not smart idea. Yeah, because, I mean, I think the grief is just kind of making her a little reckless. Yeah, as it does a lot of people. So, yeah, this uh, rando boy comes out of nowhere and, and warns her against jumping. Mm-hmm. And after their interaction, 
at the cliff, they then start to hear people screaming and run back to the clearing where, like, the kegs and everything it are. Uh, the boy with the amber eyes, he vanishes. He's just, like, gone. As they do. As they do. <laughs> and Bree sees that there is a fight going on. Like, a true blue brawl is <laughs> happening. And there's just chaos. Yeah happening and she's searching for Alice. That's like the only thing she can think of at this point is I have to find Alice. Where's Alice? Um, And then things get weird. Yes they do. Because these these dudes are just punching the tar out of each other. But then Bree sort of notices this misty shape hovering above the guys that are fighting and she just can't believe what she sees. She she isn't really sure, like mm-hmm. no one would. But then, who does she see kind of to the side of the fight but the amber-eyed boy? And, uh, and then she kind of notices that he is also looking where she's looking at the misty thing above the fight. So mm-hmm. she knows that he sees, sees something that she sees too. So mm-hmm. very interesting. Intrigue. Uh, and at this point, another girl enters the clearing and starts s- sort of hurting the crowd of onlookers out, except for the people who are fighting. We hear someone call her Tor, mm-hmm. so we know her name. And then she addresses the mysterious amber-eyed boy, and his name is apparently Cell. Yeah. Cell... Cell notices that Bree is there Mm -hmm. and sees what's happening. And there's another person who also sees. Yeah. Like most everyone else is running away. They're running away. And I don't know if this is because of Cell doing to them what he's about to do to Bree and this other dude, Mm -hmm. or if it's just the chaos of everything. Everybody's like, oh, the cops are probably going to be. We got to (laughs) go. Yeah. But suffice it to say, everyone else is leaving, and yeah. Bree and this other guy are kind of focused on the fight. Right. And so, Cell notices them, and he puts a kind of magical hypnosis on them. Mm-hmm. And they it essentially makes them leave the clearing and head toward, like, the road. Right. It, it just makes them kind of in a daze and compliant, like, basically mm-hmm. gives them the thought that Cell wants them to have, which is, I'm going to leave this place now. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, but then Bree manages, I think she, like, falls down and scrapes her hands. Yes. And it kind of breaks the hypnosis. Yeah. But she's semi-aware of the hypnosis yeah. as it's happening, but she can't really fight it until she hurts herself. Yeah. And then she kind of questions, like, oh, wait, what am I what doing? It, what am I doing? And so she hides behind a tree and watches the rest of the scene unfold in the clearing, and which is Cell and Tor. Tor pulls some weird... A hidden weapon out of her back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's a bow, an arrow, right? I think, yes. I hers believe is bow hers and arrow. is boring. Yeah. Boring. Bow and arrow. <laughs> so Tor pulls this mysterious hidden weapon out, and Cell is using magic in his hands, mm-hmm. and they're fighting these misty creature things. Mm-hmm. And one giant one misty creature. Dra- yeah. yeah. So they kill the thing. And Bree is like, 
oh, Lord Jesus, help me. I have to get out of here. Right. Do, do they call it a... a... No. <laughs> the book tells you how to pronounce it. Yeah. But the audiobook girl used like a... Like yeah. Because it's Gaelic. Eichel? Eichel? An Ikel? 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 Something like that. Yeah. But I think they use that term. Or it's Welsh. It's Welsh. Okay. It's not Gaelic. Yeah, I don't know the pronunciations. Yeah. I And we both, like, listen. I listen to the whole audiobook. You listen to some of it. Yeah. The book book has, like, it spells it phonetically, and it's still. And it tells you, like, E, but with an, it, like, it's spelled with an I, but pronounced with an E sound, or vice versa. So it's, mm-hmm. it's trying to help you. And we have still, we have still don't know. No. I think it is Ekel. It's a demon monster. It's a demon of sorts. <laughs> so Brie, at this point, she's like, uh, bye. Right. <laughs> Out of here. And she runs and finds Alice and Charlotte. And alas, it's too late. They've been caught. It's too late. Uh, this part is hyper annoying. Mm-hmm. So the cops are there, and the cop basically is like, Charlotte, on with yourself. Mm-hmm. Don't do don't be in any trouble. Mm-hmm. Watch yourself and like let just lets her go. Right. But he puts Alice and Bree into the car to take them back to campus. And he treats them like foolish little criminals. He does. Uh, The cop is pretty racist in this scene. He's not even trying to hide it. Not even, no, not at all. His disdain is very clear. Yeah. Maybe disdain is too strong of a word, but I mean. His his disbelief that Bree would be in the UNC early college program is... On merit. Uh, yeah. He thinks it's like some sort of special... Like charity right. case sort of Which thing. I believe she does have a financial scholarship, but it is because of her... Her merit, merit yeah. And grades. And, and it, do, it does say that her dad does have to pay tuition for her to go. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, not I that th- any of that even matters. No, right. But right. it's just... And same for Alice, too. Yeah. He just, he's basically judging them on their appearance. And exactly. Alice is, is she? She's Asian. Asian. And then, yeah, and then Brie, I don't think we've said, but she's, she's a black girl. Yeah, she's a black girl. So he's clearly just judging them on appearances alone. Right. Not even asking them questions about themselves other than condescending ones. Right, exactly. Not trying to get to know them. They're very see, pointed. Yeah, he's not trying to see if they're like wild party kids that are really obstinate. You mm-hmm. know, he, he just is treating them as such, which I guarantee you if he had been like, what were you girls thinking? Yeah. Sorry, we were just there with her. You know, and he would have realized right away that they weren't troublemakers. Yeah, they're but, just 16-year-old girls. Right, but he 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 goes the, uh, the, the way dick. of rudeness. Yeah, he's being a real dick. Unprovoked. Um, yeah. And Bree is, like, fuming. Oh. Rightfully so. Oh, yeah. Rightfully so. But you can't... What are you going to do, scream, you know, scream at a cop while you're yeah. in the back seat of yeah. the cop car while he's already, like, pegging you as lower than dirt? Mm-hmm. 
not the move. Yeah. Even if it's 100% justified. Certainly. Especially because this is a situation where expulsion from the early college program is on the table. Mm -hmm. So she is trying, especially for like Alice's sake, because Alice, this is like her dream and Brie really wanted to be there, but not in the same way that Alice wanted to be. I think that her mom dying really took the wind out of her sails. Yeah. And um, we didn't mention, but her mom didn't really want her to go. Right. So I think that that kind of gives her some mixed feelings. Yeah. She wanted to be there. She wanted to go and she decided to still go, but her and her mom had a fight about it. Yeah. Shortly before her mom died. So So there's a bit of guilt there as well. Yeah. So. So we're in trouble. Next day we go to the Dean's office Thankfully, the dean is a bit more understanding than the police officer. Yeah. Um, But, I mean, he's still very disappointed. And uh, Brie and Alice both get warnings, and they're assigned to peer mentors to help keep them in line. And, of course, you know, threatens expulsion if they don't keep it together and Mm -hmm. follow the rules. Right. So, and then, of course... Alice, I believe, is more of a even rule follower than Brie is. Mm-hmm. So Alice is just absolutely mortified, and I feel like she blames Brie for going to the party and being at the party at the time that the cop showed up. So Alice is pretty pissed at Brie for getting them into trouble. Yeah. Which, you know, Alice, you chose to go to that party, too. You're, you're a grown girl. <sighs> yeah. But... But that's how she feels. Right. At this moment. <laughs> it certainly is. Um, and, okay, so after this, Brie finds out that her mentor's name is Nick. He, like, texts her a couple times, so she ignores it. Right. And so <laughs> he tracks her down. Mm-hmm. He's, like, a year ahead of her in the early college program, I think. Something like that. Yeah. If- I think that's right. If at very most he's two years ahead of her, but I don't even think that he's that far ahead of her. Yeah. So he tracks her down and introduces himself and they chat and he is like incredibly nice and really cute. Yeah. <laughs> is he blonde or red haired or is his I, hair curly? I think he's blonde. Yeah. And blue eyed. Yeah. So somebody else has red hair, I can't remember. I think it's Evan, Charlotte's boyfriend. Yeah. Yeah. He's a redhead. I knew there was someone at the beginning. Because <laughs> <laughs> Cell is, like, really dark-haired. Yes. And he's got the amber eyes. Right. Ooh la la. Ooh. <laughs> and, and Nick is blonde with the blues. Yes. The yes. baby blues. <laughs> so. Well, I've always been a green eye kind of gal. I like a green-eyed man. Dakota has green eyes. Disclaimer. Caleb has green eyes (laughs) as well. (laughs) I also have green eyes sometimes. Mine are like a gray-blue. Yeah. They look greenish when I wear green, but they be blue. Yeah. Mine are... They lean very heavily green most Mm -hmm. of the time, but sometimes they look 
more like turquoise. Ooh. It just depends. Yeah. Like if I'm really upset, they go very like turquoise. Mine do too. <laughs> it's weird. It is very strange. Um, which is it's annoying. Why couldn't they just be like that whenever I'm like all the time pumped? Right? Yeah. yeah. Why do I have to be upset I for know. them to look their best? I know. <laughs> That's rude. <laughs> I don't want anybody to see me when I'm upset. Right. This is not a selfie moment. Yeah. <laughs> when my frig, eyes look their best. Frig off. Oh my goodness. Uh, so while she's yeah. meeting Nick, or they're discussing, you know, the plan for getting mm-hmm. together so he can mentor her or whatever. Right. I mean, whatever she, that's supposed to look yeah, like. Where I was supposed to look. She, she notices he's cute, you know? Yeah. Hey. But um, then uh, another strange magical occurrence happens i think brie kind of sees it from far away she does and she just bolts towards it which i mean i mean she i mean she saw the other one and it was on her mind i don't know that she really thinks of it as meaning anything other than she just wants to know more especially after sal tried to deter her she's like why why can't i see this (laughs) and why am i seeing right um so yeah she runs full force at the thing and so, of course, they get she gets attacked. But Nick actually runs with her, and uh, surprise, Nick is also one of those folks that can pull a weapon out of nowhere, and he fights the thing so he can see it, knows exactly what it is. Yep. Um, but although Nick kills the creature, Bree gets injured. So Nick takes her to this house where she's healed by a character named Will. Again, after she's healed, Cell, who is also part, they're all part of the same group, attempts to magically erase that event from her memory. Yeah. But this time she knows, hey, last time I brought was brought out of it by pain. So I don't know if she, like, bites her cheek or digs her yeah. nose into it, but she does something to try and stop the the memory fog wipe thing. Mm-hmm. But she's successful. What's really interesting about the way that she, like, fights his hypnosis mm-hmm. is very similar to... Have you ever read the Uglies? No, books? I haven't yet. In the second one, um, Tally, she's the main character, she is hanging out with these other characters, and they... Uh, the second book is called Pretties, so now they've gone through, like, the operation, and... In this world, it's it's uh, dystopian, right? So it's like post our era. We're in the future, and in this world, when you turn sixteen, you go through an operation, and it transforms you. So everybody kind of looks the same because the philosophy is that if everybody looks similar and has like similar features then everyone's on the same level you're not having this like this person's unattractive this person is attractive so they get like perks for like the pretty privilege it kind of takes that away because everyone's pretty Mm -hmm. that's why the second book is called pretties Mm -hmm. because after you have the operation you're a pretty Mm -hmm. so there's also something that happens in the brain during this operation that you find out later. Mm -hmm. But Tally and her boyfriend figure out that in order to get rid of, like, the brain haze Mm -hmm. that they have, they can 
either like inflict pain on themselves or do something really reckless like bungee jump or skydive or whatever. Get like a surge of adrenaline. Get a surge and it clears the haze. Interesting. This really reminded me of that. Yeah. They call it getting bubbly. Bubbly. <laughs> <laughs> the the vernacular in those books is really interesting. Getting bubbly just makes me think of the Google water from uh, Fantastic Beasts and where to find them. <laughs> okay. Jacob Kowalski. The best. <laughs> I've only seen the first one of those. Yeah, it's when they're in that little speakeasy and he drinks the giggle water and he, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I I don't remember. It's been it's, many a year. It's just a small little scene, yeah. but yeah. being bubbly, that's that's what that makes me think <laughs> <laughs> It makes me think of champagne because right. that's what you call champagne, the bubbly. Right. right. I don't know. Either way, that's right. what this reminded me of. Yeah. I really liked those when I was young. I have not read them as, as an adult, and it would make me really sad if they didn't hold up. We could, we could give it a whirl down the road when you're ready, of course. Yeah. Emotionally. Emotionally, I know. <laughs> okay. scoot my chair closer um, let's, while we have a break. Okay. Let's see. Okay. So she is able to fend off Cell's magic, and she remembers... Everything that happened to her with Nick and the creature. But then also at this moment realizes that when she was at the hospital after her mom died, that the haze that she experienced was this. Yeah. And so now she's wondering if something else happened the night of her mom's death that had to do with... Because at this point she realizes that there's some sort of weird underground group happening Mm -hmm. that is... There's magic involved. There are these weird creatures. Mm-hmm. And so she's kind of putting together that maybe this group knows something or is involved with right. something that caused her mom's death right. instead of her actually dying of a car accident. Right. I don't know if she suspects the group necessarily or just a monster at right. this point. Right, yes. But she feels there's a connection and so she, she is yeah. compelled she, to learn more. She has to learn more. Mm-hmm. So she's determined to find the house that she was healed in because she figures that's the best place to start, obviously. And this is how she's going to get answers yep. to how her mom died. And I don't remember how she deduces it, but she figures it out yeah, pretty smartly and pretty quickly. She does. I think the she knew like about how far from campus she was yeah. and the the side of campus that it was on and that it was an old house. Yeah. And I think she kind of talks about like other, she's like, I know that there are secret societies on campus mm-hmm. and this must be one of them. Right. And they're usually kind of in houses like the one I was in. So right. Yeah. yeah. But she figures it out, and uh, she goes there and finds out that it is the Lodge of the Order of the Round Table. Mm. The instant I read that, I was like, Round Table, King Arthur, baby! I know. I love Arthurian legend stuff, so. Me too. So excited. I think I took at least two different classes on Arthurian legend. Nice. One in undergrad and one in grad school. Nice. I wish I would have. Because I've been sick. Pretty, pretty interesting. But uh, so she gets to the lodge and she knocks on the door and she's greeted by a character named Felicity. And Felicity automatically thinks that Brie is here as a new page. 
Um, especially when she says that she's here to meet Nick, she kind of fibs or at 100% fibs, not kind of. Totally fibs. fibs. <laughs> <laughs> Look at me trying to <laughs> soften it. Smooth she it over. Kind of she lied. just kind of blatantly 100%. Just a tiny little baby lie. Right. Saying that, she, oh yeah, Nick told her to meet him there. Right. 100% not true. <laughs> um, so Felicity whisks her inside. No question. Nothing. Yeah. Just kind of. Pulls her into, like, a library area, and it's like, okay, well, wait here. I'll give Nick a call. Maybe he forgot or he's on his way or whatever. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, Felicity calls Nick, and uh, Nick shows up pretty quick. Yeah, he uh, does not mess around. No, no, man. Yikes. So, when Nick arrives, he's kind of uh, not super jazzed to be there. He's not mean. He's not mean. He's never really mean. Never, no. But he's just sort of like... You don't understand. Yeah, like, this is not. This is not my a game right now. <laughs> yeah, this is no, nothing to play around with. But Bree tells Nick about her mom's accident. He tell she tells him about the cop trying to wipe her memory and um, basically demands that Nick help her try and find out what really happened the night of the accident. Um, basically, she's like, either you join forces with me and help me, or I'm going to do this on my own without you like either way right and so he begrudgingly agrees to take her on as his page yeah so she can join the order essentially how this works is like the people who are already in someone has to bring you in right you can't just join unless you are as the title suggests unless you are a legend born Mm -hmm. person which is someone who's in the bloodline of other scions is what they're called yeah you get brought in as a page, and then you pass the page. Whatever. Things become a squire to that specific scion. And we'll, we'll go a little deeper. Yeah, we're going to break all of that down in the discussion portion, because we're also going to like talk right. about how that works. But, but just as a brief thing, brief, basically, yeah. you're brought in as a page, trials, you become a squire to a scion who is the the top tier, the 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 warrior as it were yeah um but yeah the people at the top are the people that are like born into it other people are brought in usually though it's still a small circle of people yeah like if you're not of blood then you are like affiliated with the families in some way or another Mm -hmm. affiliated with the order in a way that's been generations or whatever. Yeah. So a lot of people know someone who knows someone. Right. They And they call, like, these... They're, like, vassal families. Right. So they... The whole family is in on it. They've all, like, taken, like, this vow of secrecy or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so it's... It's definitely, quote-unquote, the boys' club. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. And it's, it's not a small thing. And Nick has been avoiding running away from whatever he is not an active part of the order but, but he is a legend born right me- like he's a scion so and Bree doesn't realize what she's asking him at the time but yeah basically his agreeing to help her is him coming back into the fold that of, he hasn't wanted to be in for multiple years right and so he's coming back into the fold of this society this I can't think of the word, but basically, yeah, he's, like, coming back to a thing that he was avoiding Mm -hmm. running from. So this is, like, his coming home thing, and it's a big deal to everybody else. 
Yeah, they make well. a huge deal of it. Yeah, so she doesn't realize what she's asked of him. But yeah, him begrudging is not in a moody sell kind of way, but in a I don't he just, everything he does is still has an air of understanding and kindness to it. Yeah, he he is super super understanding. Yeah, always. Yeah, but so now she is his page or a page that he has brought in. Um, so she's going to be part of a tournament that's competing for uh, one of three squire spots. Yeah, so um, only three scions have openings for a squire. Right, all the other ones that they're are, taken, they're taken. They have yeah. they have their squires already. Um, so as we said before, most of the people in this group are part of the same circles. So she's a complete outsider. Yeah. So some people are nice and welcoming to her simply because she came with Nick and they're just so overjoyed that Nick is back. Yeah. That they don't yeah. care. <laughs> they're and just I, like, yay. Yeah. And I or think they're like, just nice people. Like Felicity. I think she's just nice. Exactly. Yeah. I like Felicity. Yeah. Um, but then, of course, others make racist comments because this group is mostly entirely, white, I yeah, think, white people, except yeah. for there's one girl that has Hispanic lineage. Mm. You're right. But she d- she made a point to say that she doesn't really advertise it mm-hmm. simply because... And uh, not that the, the group is outwardly racist, but it's just the groups and channels and circles that they yeah. ran in, the, the people that flowed through this yeah. society it's a, happened to be... Yeah. Well, maybe not happened to be, probably purposefully in some cases, but at this generation i don't think that they're purposefully doing it it's just sort of yeah how it's come to be i don't know how to describe it really but yeah i think there it's that deeply ingrained generational prejudice Mm -hmm. it's more the um they're staring at her because she looks different they're like looking at her hair commenting on her hair because it's different and making snide remarks. Right. A select few are making pointed remarks. Right. As I say, not everyone is being an absolute trash can, but some of them are. Yeah. So it, and she obviously picks up on it. Yeah. She, you know, and this is the South. We're in North Carolina. So it is more poignant in the South. Um, so all the pages are taken into the woods to take oaths of secrecy so that they can't just be out here blabbing. And right. this is like a magic oath. oath. Like yeah, you're not, bound magically. Yes. Like <laughs> if you break this oath, something bad happens to yeah. you. Yeah. So this, yeah. But Brie is immune to the oath as well. Right. So... She can, she can resist memory, fogging, and oats, apparently. So that sounds pretty powerful. Yeah. She doesn't understand why she can do this. Yeah. She but is thankful because that works best for her means. Exactly. Because you kind of can't be a spy in something and also be magically devoted to it. Those things right. are competing. Because she's not intending to day in this group forever. No. I mean, as we said, she has no full understanding of what being a page to, or a squire to a scion even means. Yeah. Let alone what she's putting herself into. Yeah. She has no idea. She's there with one goal, and that's to find out a connection to her mom's death, and then she's booking it out of there. Right. Essentially. Maybe get some 
revenge if necessary. Right, right. <laughs> We're worried about fact-finding at this moment. Exactly. Okay, there we are. Um, so they're in the woods, and this is where we meet Martin Davis, who is Nick's dad. Mm-hmm. He's kind of the leader at uh, I would say so. Yeah, he's kind of the leader. He's like the the highest previous scion. Mm-hmm. We'll get into it later, but you kind of age out of being yeah. the current scion. So his dad used to be the scion. Now it it's Nick. Nick. But yeah, he's he's kind of the most forward representative, at least that we see in this story. Right. And it, this this is when Bree and also the reader finds out that. Nick is the scion to King Arthur Pendragon. So he's the number one, the top dog. Right. And also that Cell is Nick's king's mage. And Cell's different from everybody else. He's different from the legend born. He's a magical being that they call Merlins. Yeah. And so every heir of Arthur gets a sworn protector. But, from the Merlin crew. Yeah. So, and that is Cell. So Cell and Nick are bound magically yes. to each other. Yep. Cell or Selwyn. Selwyn. We'll learn his full name is Selwyn. Which is a sick name, by the way. Oh my god, I love it. Selwyn. You could call him Cell, you could call him Win. Winnie. Yeah. Winnie. Yeah. He would probably punch someone. Yeah. Know, but if you had a if you had a black cat, you could name it Selwyn. Oh my god. Huh? I'm telling ya. Especially if you had a black cat with, like, kind of ambery sort of eyes. Right, because a lot of them do. Yep. They're either, like, greenish or amberish. Yeah. Perfect. Oh, man. I, don't, I, I need don't to want... be immediately unallergic to cats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not a lover of cats, so yeah. I don't want to get one. But for anyone listening, if you're interested in getting a cat, go for a black cat and name it Selwyn. And then tell us about us and send us pictures of yeah, it. Yeah, please, pictures of, of your new baby Selwyn. Yeah. <laughs> I also think that Selwyn is, like, a gender-neutral name. Yeah. So you can get a boy cat or a girl cat and name it Selwyn. Absolutely. Easy. It's the perfect name. Perfect. <laughs> and I don't know that we learn all of this right now. We can't, It all sort of unfolds as things go, but we'll, we'll learn more about the what it means that he's Arthur and what the other signs mm-hmm. are and what yeah. as we go. So yeah. I know right now it, it feels like I'm missing something. You are, but you, you are. <laughs> yeah. You learn it as Brie learns it. Right. Which I kind of love that. And I agree. That books that do that. Yeah. As long as they don't like keep it from me for too long. Don't make me, don't frustrate me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let it yeah. unfold quickly. <laughs> Because you know, and like with Brie and who she is, mm-hmm. you know there's something else. And so for most of the book, you're like, who, who right, is Brie? Right, because she already has, Brie? right, she already has this resistance, this mm-hmm. internal magic that already competes with the magic of this society. So you're, yeah, you're already like, I gotta know why. There's what more. There's definitely more. Yeah. To her. To her. And then also you're like, but I also want to learn more about these legendborn people. Yeah. So there's, exactly. there's mysteries everywhere. It's, yeah. And you know, I love mystery. I love not, like I said, don't leave me hanging for too, too long, but I love just like an unraveling, unwinding yeah. story. I like just love, yeah. has all the stuff and there's just, just revealed. It's so great. A true, there's a true art to writing something this way to yeah. where you are like slowly letting the reader know what's happening. Mm-hmm. 
and there's a you have to do it correct because yeah. like you said if you wait too long mm-hmm. then your reader's like I, I've waited too long. I don't care anymore. Frustrated or overwhelmed or yeah. maybe even confused. Confused, yeah. So, yeah. And then yeah. if you do it too soon, then you've lost your hook. Yeah. yeah. You're, the, why do they need to keep reading? Right, yeah. The pacing and the reveals as they unfold in this book are just expertly done. Expertly done. But um, Also, we're, we're failing at our it's synopsis. It's my fault. No, it isn't. It's... <laughs> It's the natural progression of we struggled with this and yes. discovery of witches as well. Sure. It's too hard. It's too hard. We'll still have pl- maybe. I was gonna say we'll plenty. We'll still have plenty to say. We'll yeah. We'll, we'll re- reel it in. Yeah. If I had a little um, fishing hook thing, I'd, wow, I'm fishing not pole. Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I would. I would wind the reel so you could hear me reeling myself back in. <laughs> I don't think that's the sound it makes. Cool. I can't make the sound. There you go. Something like that. <laughs> or I just sound like an alien from a... Uh, Predator? No. Uh, what was that? A Night Shyamalan? Alien. Signs. Signs. <laughs> anyway, let, it, okay. let us not divert <laughs> even oh, further no, because of me. Um, so, after the oaths are made of secrecy... Uh, one of the scions, which are, again, as we said, heirs to the Knights of the Round Table, uh, is actually awakened. So this is when we learn that, you know, Nick is the the heir to Arthur. One of the other scions is an heir to one of Arthur's knights. Mm-hmm. So basically every scion is either you've got Nick, who's King Arthur, and then all the rest of them are the knights of king arthur mm-hmm. you've got lancelot Gwen, you know tristan yeah yeah i can't think of, i can't think of all of them but there's you've got the list they're in the back of the book here yeah let's just let's just take that a off gander real, real quick okay so we have there are 13 um and we don't meet all 13 but it doesn't even it doesn't say the ones we didn't meet Oh, that's right. So, so the ones we meet are twelve, Sir Gawain, eleven, Sir Bors. Then we go because this is just the southern chapter that we're in. Right. There's there are other, other chapters. chapters in other regions of the country. Yeah, with other scions and in other uh, countries because yeah. there are, are like you know in the old country England. Oh. <laughs> um, we have Sir Owain, Sir Kay. Sir Lamorak, Sir Tristan, Sir Lancelot, and then King Arthur. So those are the ones that we actually meet in the book. Yeah. The others, I assume, will come up in later books. Yeah. Uh, I have bloodmarked the second book. I have not read it yet. So we're not going to spoil any of that for you in this because neither of us have read it. Correct. Because I guarantee you I would slip up and ruin it. Also correct. (laughs) So this is, it's probably so much better that we have not read the second one yet. Right. (laughs) I'm horrible about that. We try our best. So please, just a disclaimer for future episodes when we're talking about series, please just assume there's going to be whole series spoilers. I'm going to slip up and say something. I just know I will. On any given series. (laughs) I can't help myself. You have been warned. You've been warned <laughs> duly. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, so 
one of the scions is awakened, which basically means that they are, in a way, possessed by the knight that precedes them that is tied to their bloodline. Right. Not necessarily consciously all the time, but they get their powers. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that during war or battle, perhaps, they could be physically possessed, or is that only top dog? I'm sure it's the same for all of them. But yeah, so they're not possessed at all times, but they do then gain the powers that are attributed to that knight. Mm -hmm. Um, So not only is one of the knights awakened, but then a hellhound demon attacks them, which on their land land at this time is unheard unheard of of or and very not typical so both nick and his dad are injured in this attack um but brie and cell actually kill the demon and uh they all get whisked back to the building and uh, william heals everyone because william is a scion of sir gawain sir gawain yeah and he it's his his power is to be able to heal right which seems like similar magic to, like, a Merlin, mm-hmm. but it's not. Right. And the when they don't call it magic, really. They call right. it ether. Ether, yeah. Which really, like, tripped me up the whole time. Really? When I think of ether, I think of, like, noxious gas. <laughs> well, but everything, when they use their magic, it is kind of smoky. It is, yeah. So it kind of looks, yeah. It kind of worked for me. It didn't. Yeah. It, I just, my brain just automatically went, ether equal magic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I can see where it's like you're used to a certain verbiage. Yeah. I also think it made me think of like petroleum, mm-hmm. which is stupid because that's ethanol and not ether. But mm-hmm. I think my brain did that the first time I read it. I kept thinking of <laughs> I get of that. Gas. Yeah. So it had like a weird association, which pulled you further yeah, from. It did. Yeah. I totally yeah. get that. Yeah, so while everyone's healing, Nick and his dad both are, like, out. Right. they were severely injured by mm-hmm. this demon. It actually, like, kind of snatched Nick up and was, like, trying to steal him. So, mm-hmm. um, But while they're healing, Will actually takes Bree to this section of the house, which it just sounds like there's just, like, multiple rooms or, like, secret caverns or something everywhere. <laughs> but he takes her to this thing called the Wall of Ages, and this is where we get the explanation for the history of the round table and all the lineages and the powers of the order and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll go a little deeper into that uh, in the next discussion episode. Right. And this is the point where, like, Will is, it's kind of obvious that Bree has no idea what she's gotten herself into. Yeah. And he's like, they, at first, they're kind of like, because she's not trying to tell them and, like, sell herself out. Right. Of how her she she's came like, to yeah, be I'm there. supposed to be a page. Nick, Nick wants me to be Yeah. Page. And they're like, <laughs> why wouldn't Nick prepare you? Why wouldn't Nick give you at least the most rudimentary information on our yeah. group? Because they'll make comments or say yeah. things and she'll kind of look at them like, I don't know what, what that is. What is that? Yeah. And so like, how did he not tell you? Exactly. So Will is like, all right, I've got to explain this shit to you so you're not in the dark. <laughs> right. Totally. Which I still don't understand why you're in the dark, but here we right. go. Right. <laughs> exactly. After she hangs out there, then yeah. does she go home? She either goes home that night or the next morning, but even though she's healed, she's still pretty wrecked. Yeah. And uh, so she she gets home super late. 
and her and Alice are still in a fight, and Alice is kind of, like, being snarky with her because she's getting home late. Yeah. She's got some, uh, some words that sting at her a few yeah, times. Yeah, she does. She gives her she gives her a little bit of grief about the classes that she's taking or be are too easy mm-hmm. and all of that. Um, and... I you put a note in here. Is this when she has the bathroom fight and is your first release of the red magic? I think yes. And really, by red the ether, I the forgot ether. the word ether. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Bree and Alice have this fight, and then Bree's in the bathroom to like wash her hair because mm-hmm. she's like she's mucked up here. Yeah. After the yeah. fight with the demon right. hellhound. Doesn't this kind of start? Doesn't the, they have a fight? But then Alice sees. Bray is jacked and then she wants to help her so she kind of helps her into the shower mm-hmm. realizes that yes. Bray's kind of in shock and they exchange some words but I think that at, this is finally Alice sort of gets out all her grievances mm-hmm. and realizes like her friend's going through something right and exactly. then after this kind of starts to soften yeah I mean she sells her out to her dad but she's doing it because yeah she's she cares worried about Brie and she's worried yes but yeah but before the next morning when we learn that Alice has called Brie's dad and told him that Brie needs some guidance yeah so yeah we we see Brie and she's oh wait no they do even though she's starting to kind of help Brie while like, you know, get into the shower mm-hmm. and get all comfortable. Then they kind of do have another, like, bit of a blowout, don't they? I think so. Because then Brie is, like, kind of just at a boiling point and mm-hmm. kind of freaks out. And I would describe it as, like, having a panic attack. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, this red ether... Comes out of her. Out of her, yeah. And she's like, what? <laughs> yeah. And she's luckily alone when this happens. Yeah. So, it's, but she's super confused. Yeah. She has no idea what this red magic is that's coming out of her um so she's pretty sure she needs to keep that to herself yeah she might i think she told she's gonna tell nick about it but she's like yeah i can't be telling can't anybody about this now yeah um so then the next morning we find out that alice had called Bree's dad to tell him that she's worried and so he calls her and is like listen here you're gonna start going to therapy yeah because uh, among everything else that's happening, she is still dealing with the grief of losing her mother. Right. And she has these emotional moments where um, she'll call it before and after Brie. But basically, yeah, it's like her coping mechanism. And it's it's not helping her. So right. she her dad's like, yeah, you need you need to talk to somebody. Mm-hmm. And he has actually found a therapist for her. Mm-hmm. And her therapist's name is Patricia. And he specifically picks Patricia because she is also a black woman. Right. And he feels like she can probably understand Brie better than anyone else. Yeah. Um, so Brie and Patricia have their first session. And she Patricia takes Brie to see the Unsung Founders Memorial, uh, which is built to, quote-unquote, honor the enslaved people who built the University of North Carolina. Isn't it, isn't it, not statues, but like, it's a bench, Mm -hmm. but the legs of the bench are basically like people holding the bench up? Yes. I I don't fully understand how that is a... Memorial. Memorial? Or something to rep, I mean, it represents what was... Done. Done, but not a... 
it's honorable not, men. Like a, it's not like a penitence for correct, doing yes. so. So I, I didn't fully understand the choice of that, but then again, the people that thought that that was an honorable gesture obviously didn't fully understand. The, the yes, correct. What they were doing. Yes. It actually made me think of the, uh, in the Ministry of Magic in Harry Potter. Yes. The, like, the fountain or whatever, mm-hmm. um, where... You when play- it's redone after evil takes yes. over the ministry. Yes. Yeah, and then basically, like, wizards are being held up or... I don't know if they're being held up by muggles slash... Crushing the muggles yeah. underneath them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's what the description of this bench made me think of. Yeah. Um... You know, it built by oppressors of the oppressed. Yeah. Which doesn't make that much sense. No. Because, it again, it didn't put them in a stance of... They, they were still in a, in a stance of doing a service. They yeah. are holding up this bench. They are not standing on their own in a stance of freedom freedom and yeah you know dignity it's right i i thought it was a weird gesture and i I didn't like it yeah this is an actual memorial at unc really yes okay big yikes (laughs) you can't see my face but it's It's, I forget that UNC, in my brain, I'm just like, this is a fictional school, but I forgot that I actually read in the back of the book, yes, it's based on, like, a real college. Yep, UNC Chapel Hill. It's a very good college. Uh, Very high, like, outside of the Ivies, it's probably one of the best in the country, uh, academically speaking. But, uh, yeah, so the Founders Memorial is, the unsung Founders Memorial is real. Um, so Brie, uh, Patricia takes Brie here, um, kind of to ground her in where she is. Yeah. Like this campus was originally built and we were not allowed here, Yeah. but our people built it yeah. kind of mm-hmm. thing. And, um, Patricia also tells Brie that she actually knew her mom and that Patricia had been at UNC at the same time that Brie's mom was at UNC because Brie's mom was a scientist. Mm-hmm. Um, I think she was a botanist and a biologist. I believe so, yeah. And she studied at UNC. Mm-hmm. So Patricia knew her. And this is when Patricia tells Brie that Patricia herself is what's called a root crafter. So she uses magic and that Bree's mom was a root crafter. Big so, reveal. Big reveal. Uh, Bree obviously did not know this. Had no idea. Patricia just assumed that Bree knew this. Right. Bree did not know this. Yes. And root craft is a magical tradition within the black community that is handed down from mother to daughter. So Patricia just assumed that mm-hmm. Bree had been raised... Yeah. So whatever counseling was going to occur during this session, right out the window. Because now you got Brie 100% focused on root craft and not her own individual personal healing. Right. So that was, whoops, Patricia. (laughs) Yeah. And you could tell Patricia kind of like starts to backpedal a little when she figures out that Brie has no idea what root craft even is. Yeah. She's like, oh, she didn't tell you? Uh Uh-oh. 
uh, let's talk about... (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So we end that encounter, and uh, I don't think it goes the way that either one of them would like it to, really. Right. Not that it ended badly, but Patricia's like, I made an error. Yeah. Let us reconvene later. (laughs) Right. Let me think about how I want to proceed. Exactly. But so... Now we're back with the order, and it's first trial time. So they kind of paired up some of the pages with each other to successfully do this trial. Mm-hmm. No need to really give you details. <laughs> yeah, it's like an obstacle course sort of yes. situation. Yes, and uh, Bree is paired with a girl named Sydney. They pass the trial, and... Uh, not that Sydney didn't like Brie, but again, Brie was just an outsider. She wasn't yeah. known to the other families and stuff like that. So she was kind of, I don't know, probably skeptical of her. Like, this girl yeah. wasn't who, who is she? around. And then now here she's a page yeah. going for the same, gunning for the same job I am. Yeah. And Sydney's like a competitor. Yeah. So. But they, uh, they win. So each trial, you're going to have people that succeed more than others. And the ones that do the least good are the ones that are like kind of kicked out in each round. You know, there's some elimination. But luckily, Sydney and Bree beat this trial. And then they kind of have a respect and understanding between each other. Yes. And then after this trial, Nick is attacked again. Yeah. Sweet damsel boy in distress. Oh, he is a damsel. A little bit. I mean, he knows how to fight for himself. He does, but... He keeps getting caught unawares. He does. He really does. Poor guy. Yeah, so Nick is attacked again, luckily. Cell kills it. Cell to the rescue, as he is his king's mage and protector. Um, But Cell is not sold on Bree. He's like, this girl can resist my magic. Mm -hmm. I don't trust her. Yep. He thinks that she's a demon in disguise. Yep. He thinks she's one of the creatures that they fight every day, just Mm -hmm. masquerading like one that is like really well trained. I think it's called like a Gorgon, Gorgan. Some, uh, well, there's the, there is the group, like the rebel group of Merlins that are Morganes. Yeah. I think the specific demon he's talking about is called like a Gorgon or something like that. They like take on the. The guys of a human. Yes. Yeah. It's, I, yeah, I can't remember what it's called, it's, but I believe you. It's something. Yeah. It's a something that's, he thinks she's one of them somethings. Yep. So Will has to heal Nick again. Uh, Bree visits him and stays the night with him in his room. La la. Nothing happens. <laughs> this is not one of those. <laughs> she is a child. Right. Still, and so is Nick. Right. These are, these Children. are, are these technically YA? Yeah. Okay. So yeah, no sauce here. Um, Thank God. But the next morning on the walk back to her dorm, Nick kisses Brie. It's very precious. Very precious. Because up until this point, you know, they have interactions and flirtations. And they're noticing each other in an attractive way. And so, yeah, so they kiss and it's a lovely kiss. They both really enjoy it. It's very, it's a very high school romance. Yeah. Um, I... Did notice whenever I, the first time I read it, whenever it got to the part where they like actually kiss, I did feel a level of discomfort reading about two teens making out <laughs> as an adult. 
It felt strange. I try not to think about it as me, like, looking upon. (laughs) (laughs) I know. (laughs) know? Like, I just think of it as I'm being told this story from the viewpoint of Brie, so I'm trying to experience it from the viewpoint of of Brie Brie. and not think about it as a creepy, (laughs) grown woman. I know. Eyeballing at a couple teens making out. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it just... Yeah, I had to... Well, and this is the first YA I have read in probably since I was the demographic yeah. for YA, so... Because... Oh, cause, yeah, because you read this before you read The Love Match. Right. I read this, like, over Christmas last year. So, I was. it was my... That is really probably why that feeling happened, because mm-hmm. literally, I think the last time I read YA, I was in high school, so... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was... It was jarring, to say the least, but, you know, they're very precious together. They are precious together. Um, So, after the kissy kiss, um, the next real major thing is that Brie meets Patricia in a cemetery, and Patricia takes her on a memory walk. Um, She uses the root craft to, like, take Brie into a memory of one of Patricia's ancestors, who was healing a woman who had been whipped by a slave master. And then she takes her to a memory of the birth of what is called a crossroads child. And then the last memory is a demon gate being open on campus 20 years before, 25 years before Bree's present. Yeah. So she takes her on three memories, essentially. And the crossroads child is a child that has amber eyes. Ooh. What? What could that mean? What is this? <laughs> and 25 years prior to the present tense of the book would have been about the time that her mom was there. Correct. So. Indeed, indeed. So yeah, after that encounter, Brie goes um, back to the lodge or the order, how, whatever we want to call this building. Um, and she tells Nick about the, she doesn't tell him about Rootcraft yet or anything like that. But she does tell him about the vision of the gate opening 25 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but, well, she goes to tell him, but she can't find him. Um, and she talks with Will, and he tells her that Merlin's, like, cell are actually part demon. So she goes to kind of unload her own revelation, and then she's kind of surprised with one herself. So yeah. she, because after seeing the, the crossroads child with the amber eyes, she puts two and two together. Yeah. And is like, uh, excuse me, is cell, cell in part demon, or yeah. what's going on? And Will reluctantly tells her because of course this is not common knowledge necessarily because obviously they fight demons so Mm -hmm. you know you don't want everyone knowing that but that is kind of a tool that the order uses against them Mm -hmm. that's that's what gives the merlins their their power their magic and they can like sense demons right and they said like even even at the diluted level that Selwyn is at, like, you know, through generations or whatever. I don't know that they go into detail of how they Mm-mm. keep the demon blood in, and maybe that's a thing we'll find out later. But they said even the most diluted amount still is very powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so we learn that Sel is part demon, and that's why he has powers. Um, and he shows up and is super cranky. 
And he is very displeased that Brie now knows that he's part teammate. Right, because he doesn't trust her. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, Hypocritical so, of him, but he he thinks that yeah. she's a demon. Right. He thinks she's a bad demon, though. They're to hurt his kids. Yes. So, yes. A little different. A little different. Um, so then we get to the second trial, and this is basically like a riddle scavenger hunt thing and he his magic or his ether he can manifest it into like imitations of the hellhounds and stuff and Mm -hmm. he can control it and so everyone's out on the scavenger hunt and there are cells little demon images running around yeah and they have to like kind of fight them yeah they have to collect things and avoid the the monsters Mm -hmm. and if they get caught by the monsters or whatever they're like how yeah they're not necessarily like out like they've lost it's just like okay however many things you collected up to that point that you got caught is the number you're done searching yeah and you're paired up with someone for this and sell pairs himself with (laughs) Bree. because i think they have an uneven number of pages yeah and also perfect opportunity for him to test her yeah because he he thinks that she's a demon so he's trying to force her to reveal herself right to him right um which kind of works because real demons show up and Bree's magic comes out Mm -hmm. but he realizes she's not a demon she's just something something else yeah that she doesn't even know right so, yeah, they they kill the real demons that show up mm-hmm. together. Yeah. And uh, they, she realizes that he, because before the, the hell foxes are one, attack them, like, before the hell foxes attack, Cell is letting one of his... His fake ones. Fake ones come after her pretty hard. Yeah. He's, like, kind of taunting her, like, come on, defend yourself, like, demon, I know, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and she doesn't, but, and then they defeat the Hell Foxes together, but he's still pretty, pretty frosty towards her. He's, yeah, he is. He thinks, I think his issue is because he knows that she isn't affected by his mesmer. She, he knows that the oath is didn't didn't take so she could betray them at any time yeah he he just sees her as a threat he sees her as a threat and so even after he knows that she's not a demon he's like okay well you definitely have an ulterior motive for being here so what is it right he's very astute he might be a little bit jerkish but hot-headed but mesmer makes you the use of mesmer makes you intoxicated and drunk and mm-hmm. if you're a hothead and then you're having to use mesmer and you're drunk all the time what kind of yeah <laughs> what kind of attitude do you think you're gonna have yeah so he's, not excusing that kind of behavior he's a wild saying. card yeah just generally yeah um so they get back to the lodge because there are real demons out here, so they have to get back. Right, yeah. And they they fought them, but yeah, so now they got to tell everybody, all right, we had some more. Because these, obviously this group fights demons, but mm-hmm. demons are showing up more and more. Right, and, and this is not normal. places. This is yeah. not normal. Yeah. So they're headed back to the lodge, and they learn that Tor, who is third ranked, has been called. Yeah. So it starts at, what, 13, 13 and then works its way up. And uh-huh. As we said, unprecedented times that no one has been called beyond like the sixth or the fifth mm-hmm. Zion in like over 200 years. Yeah, a so really long time. Something is happening. Something is going on. And the event 
when when all of the scions are called, including Arthur, that is called Camlin. So they're really gearing up for that because yeah. Tor's third. Yeah. Camlin basically means all out war. Yeah, pretty much. All With the Shadowborn war. demons. Yeah. 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 So So that's getting closer yeah. as more higher ranked knights are being called. Yes. And so they get back, they realize Tor's been called. Every, Camlin is approaching. Cell's acting like a real jerk face. Right. And so Nick punches him. Especially because I think Nick's like, so you 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 put her in danger before you both were all, became in danger because of the demons and mm-hmm. he's pissed. Yeah. Because he cares about Bree. And yeah. they, we haven't talked about it a lot because there's so many other like main things that happen. But like they're in our, they care about each other. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so he gets pissed and he punches Cell. Cell yeah. can't do anything back though. Right, because he is a sworn protector of Nick. So, um, Bree has some injuries Mm -hmm. from the attack, and so Will heals her, and then she and Nick kiss goodnight. Yeah. And that's essentially that. Yeah. And I only call Nick a damsel because he he keeps getting, like, snatched or trying Mm -hmm. to be snatched. But Brie has to be, she gets injured and healed constantly. She's constantly (laughs) injured. Yeah, and I think... I mean, obviously, the reason that Nick, the demons go for Nick because he's the heir of Arthur, right? The king. So right. they're essentially, if something happens to Nick, then that's it, right? All the knights, there's, that's, they're all, they're all of yeah. their connections. Are the severed. war is lost. Yeah, Camlin is lost. Right. Yeah. So yeah, if his tie is severed, his tie is severed. Okay. Ooh. His tie is severed to his bloodline. Then so are all the rest of the knights. Right. So. Okay, so after the second task, well, this is not Harry Potter. The second, what was it? Trial. Trial. <laughs> Trial task. There's a million names yeah, for everything yeah. in this book, so it's all good. <laughs> uh, so then we get to Bree's third therapy session. Yeah. And so she meets Patricia, and Patricia has brought... Mariah with her. Mariah is a, a root crafter medium, and she's attempting to help Bree contact Bree's own ancestors because Bree, you know, sh- her mom passed, and Bree didn't really know her own grandmother. Right. Uh, so she doesn't have that much of a connection to her own past. Right. And so Mariah is there to help Bree connect to her ancestors because the whole basis of rootcraft is a connection with your ancestors and Mm -hmm. again we'll go deeper in the discussion portion but that's a big deal yeah with rootcraft so yeah patricia feels you know to help brie understand it she needs to help her connect with her family. Yes, because at this point, I think they they know that there is something unique about Bree's ancestral magic. Mm-hmm. And so they're trying to connect Bree with her ancestors to figure out about who she is, her own powers, right. and the, essentially the, the whole yeah. story. Because I don't think she tells Patricia everything. She doesn't tell right. her the secrets of the Order. No. But she does tell her... Her own abilities, mm-hmm. and Patricia recognizes those as not being rootcraft, but being bloodcraft, bloodcraft which is a no-no in the bloodcraft community. 
or in the root craft community. community. Yeah. Um, so she's trying, yeah, she's trying to help Bree so she can understand what exactly the heck is going on. Yeah. But, uh, it fails. It This fails. connection with her ancestors fail partially because of the walls that Bree has built up mm-hmm. due to her, the grief over her mother. And, um, I just think that all her emotional blocks just kind of keep her from being able to connect and it's really upsetting and traumatizing for her. Yeah. And so she just... She just runs. She flees the scene, as they say. Yes. Um, And then directly after this is when Bree starts combat training for the final trial, which is basically like just hand-to-hand combat with the other pages. Yeah, one-on-one. So she's training, and then she gets a message from Patricia, and Patricia's like... Um, I think it was a bad idea for me to bring Rootcraft into our therapy sessions, and I don't think I should be your therapist anymore, and I'm going to refer you to someone else. Yeah, it's like, I'm not helping you. Right. I've made a mistake by how I started this, and I should stop now and actually get you to someone who can help you. Yeah. And Brie kind of, she's feeling, like, rejected and unwanted. Unwanted. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So. Someone, the one person that was her connection to her mom, because Patricia, knowing her mom, like, kind of made her feel like a small bit of, you know, maybe she could learn more. But, yeah, so that that kind of sends her into a bit of a. Bit of a tailspin. Yeah. Yeah. Understandably so. For sure. Not to say that it wasn't a mature choice for Patricia to make, but right. yeah, it's also kind of like... You're rocking you, a hard place here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So um, after that, uh, she continues with combat training. Nick actually knows the trainer, because there's a trainer that's going to help all of the pages. Mm-hmm. And he knows her, and he kind of asks her to kind of give Brie a little bit of extra help or whatever, because mm-hmm. Brie... She's, she's gotten through the other ones yeah. fairly well. She's athletic. She, like, ran track and stuff. Right. But hand-to-hand combat That's, is not something that she's practiced or no. ever trained for. Yeah. You know? There's not a sport in school, really. I mean, I guess other than fencing, which she did not do. So that right. is, yeah. that's not a skill set she has. So she's really having to work hard to be able to even, as Cell later puts it, lose less, <laughs> less poorly. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so the, she does have a little bit of extra help, not like special treatment, but just, you know, as a favor to Nick, that one lady is like going to kind of give her some pointers, give her some, some extra pointers, extra help. Yeah. But she's still wanting to practice even after hours. Like she wants to do, she doesn't want to make a fool of herself, yeah. even though her motivations still are not to become a scion. She still wants to stay so that she can she needs, continue to unravel yeah. this mystery about her mom. Yeah. She still needs to know what happened. Right. But after everything that happened with Cell, he's actually sort of softening towards her. He is. And he sees her training really hard and he's like, um, let me help you because this is painful. And she's like, what, you're going to help me win? He's like, no, you're not going <laughs> to win. But uh, I'll, I'll help you lose less awful. <laughs> <laughs> Which is funny right and it's and so they not bond but again like they they're warming to yeah each other. they're there is kind of a truce there yes i, and think, I enjoy brianne's interactions and i enjoy her and cells interactions i agree oh the final trial arrives you in the final trial every all the pages are going to do three matches 
with other pages. So Brie has her first match against Sydney, I think. No, yes. Someone. She loses either way. But she manages to win her last two. Yeah. And even and in the first one, she lasts longer she, than, yeah, she than does, anyone expects. Yeah, she does pretty well. It's a pretty close match. Mm-hmm. Um, so she wins her last two matches, including her very last one, which is against Vaughn, who is kind of like uh, an equivalent of the careers from Hunger Games. Yeah. That's kind of who he is. Absolutely. And he basically, and if you don't know who, what that is, he's basically just a douchebag. Yeah, he is. He is a showboat. He's been in a vassal family his whole life, raised practicing in hopes of being chosen to be in the fold to become a squire. So he's been like training and working for this for his whole life. And they had a, they have a verbal spat at Mm -hmm. one point. He's He's either a sexist or a racist douche. He, I think point. he is probably both. I was going to say it's likely that um, he's both. So her victory over him is sweet. pretty sweet. <laughs> yep. She beats him soundly, and he is pissed. Mm. So pissed. And um, after the match is over and she has been named the winner, he attacks her and knocks her out. Like a coward. Yeah. Come on. That is... Just some real... That's just... Cowardly bullcrap. Yeah. And so, yeah, Nick kicks him out. He's like, you're done. You're out of here, bud. Right. You're out. You're out. (laughs) And I don't know where Nick goes after all that. He probably has, like, a meeting or something. Yeah, there are various points where Nick and his dad have to go to, like, the other chapters and this and that. Right, because, as we said, Caitlin is coming. And they're having to kind of work with, like, the higher... Yeah. People in the order and kind of see what the plan is and like maybe even kind of calm people down a bit Mm -hmm. or I don't even know. Yeah. So I think that's where he is. Yeah. And Bree wakes up from being knocked out. Yeah. And wants to go and find Cell. Yeah. Because he did help her. And so she's kind of like, I need to like kind of return the favor a little. Yeah. Because isn't he like losing his his attitude all over the woods? He is. And also she finds out that um, Martin, Nick's dad, has like kind of threatened Cell to like strip him of his. Oh, right. Of his his oaths and send him. And when when a Merlin is like stripped of their oath, then. they kind of like go insane. I say fall, kind of fall into madness yeah. a bit. Like yeah. the, the, I don't know how the oath. It, I don't know if it's true or not, but they say that the oath kind of helps keep them their demon bit at bay. In check. Yeah, whether that's true or not, or just used as a ploy to keep them under thumb. Who knows? Right. Because I don't think we even really know that. Right. After I reading think, this book, but I feel like that question is posed. I agree. Now. I agree. But yeah. So and like we said, like when you use ether, it kind of like makes you drunk and stuff. And he not only does he have to like help battle and protect, but like he is the one that when um. When a scion is called, then they are bound mm-hmm. yet again to their squire. Mm-hmm. So they're assigned to a squire, but they're like fully bound magically again when they're called so that the squire shares in the power. The power. So he's had two separate people called kind of close together. He's been doing all these oaths and these pairings. And so he is been using a lot of magic recently and he's just spent and drunk as (laughs) hell. 
He is wasted. On ether. On ether. Not on alcohol. Because, <laughs> mind you, all of these people are, like, in their teens. Right. <laughs> not to say that they... I, not that I ever actually don't notice him. Not the order people aren't really drinking much. Yeah. That uh-huh. I recall. No, it's not ever focused on... Right. Yeah, so she finds him. He's all wasted on his ether. He's kind of being a jerk and super self-deprecating. Mm-hmm. And so she she gets mad. She's fighting back to him, mm-hmm. like, giving him his shit. But then he she tells him about her mom. Mm-hmm. And this kind of sobers him up a little. Yeah. And he sort of, like, understands. Mm-hmm. And, um... He kind of agrees to help her. And mm-hmm. since Martin and Nick are gone mm-hmm. and Cell was raised in the Davis home right. from a young child. So he knows kind of, he knows where the Davis's house is. And he also knows that that's where Martin keeps all of his like important order related right. documents. Because right. was Cell's dad never in the picture? That we know of. That we know. I don't... Yeah. Yeah, we... Oh, yeah. Because we don't even really know anything about his dad. Right. Because... Yes. But uh, but his mom died. Yeah. Quote, unquote. Um, so that's in, in, when he was young. So the Davises, Martin and Nick, took him in. So right. he's not only sworn to be Nick's protector, but has been like a younger brother to Nick. Mm-hmm. Or... Maybe not younger, just brother to Nick and kind of had that brother rivalry as well, like mm-hmm. their whole lives. So another layer of animosity right. and tension between the two of them. Exactly. But yeah, so he he's willing to help her investigate. Yeah. So they sneak in to the Davis home and... Uh, they find the records of the gate being open. Yeah. They, 25 yes. years ago. They actually find out what happened to Sel's mother... Yeah. And so, which is connected to Bree's mother. Yeah. So the gate was, in fact, open 25 years prior. And according to the records, it was Sel's mom who opened the gate. And when that gate was opened, Bree's mom was a witness to the demon Mm -hmm. attack. And so Bree's mom was mesmered and then they kind of kept tabs on her yeah. to make sure it's stuck for like the rest of her life. Right. And Cell's mom was sent away to basically the orders equivalent of an asylum. Yeah. And they monitored her and when they felt like she was sane, sane enough, enough, stable enough, they essentially let her out for the sole purpose to procreate. And have a child. Right. Because it, they kind of mentioned it a few times, but, like, they're essentially making sure that these bloodlines continue. Like, there's yeah. there's no option of not continuing not having children. Like... Yeah. It's part of it. Especially this um, revelation, like, made it pretty clear that, like, yeah. They even said, like, yeah, we'll let her out for the purpose of continuing. Yes. Because same with the knights, the bloodline for... The, the Merlin mm-hmm. must be kept as well. Yeah. So, but we don't know uh, who she, quote unquote, mated with. Or right. Whatever, uh, you know, uh, but. 
Like she it's was just pretty yucky. It's super, super ick. But like apparently Cell's mother was a super, super powerful Merlin. Mm-hmm. And so they the interest in her having offspring was very high. Yeah. And it Act pays off for the order because Cell is the most powerful Merlin in his generation. Yeah. So um, that. But I don't, and I don't remember at what point, like that she in in Cell's mind dies, or if she's actually at large, or if she's still recaptured. I don't even know if we know the answer. I don't to think that. we know the answer. Yeah. Um. But the, you'll have to forgive. There's some things that I just don't remember because they're literally reveals every couple chapters. Yeah, and they're it is blissful for me, but it is also very hard for my brain to hold it all. Yeah. Um. So. We find all that out about Cell's mother, but we also find out that even though Bree's mom witnessed all of this stuff and it seemed really sketch. And was being monitored. And was being monitored. In the end, she really was just killed in a car accident. Yeah. So Bree is kind of like reeling from this information. She's just like. So there was no. Yeah. her connection. Yeah. No. No. Supernatural. Yeah. It was just happenstance. It, it was just an accident. Yeah. And Which. It's, it's, I feel like, especially when you begin to be fueled by revenge, like to feel like you're going to uncover something and aha, and then you're going to get closure that way. Mm-hmm. She is slammed in the face with the fact that it just happened. No yeah. rhyme, no reason, no revenge to get against anyone, it was just an accident. Yeah, it feel it just leaves her like hollow because yeah. before she had the information, she f- had a purpose. Yeah, she was going towards something, and now she's and yeah. you know. Anyway, we'll talk more about that. Right, later. I forget uh, why they still mesmered them if it was just a car accident. I um I don't know. I can't remember. I know. I think that the cop was simply just there Mm -hmm. to, I think, maybe just check and see if maybe um, they had known something. Yeah. And... Because the cop didn't mesmer them, right? There was a... I think there was a Merlin there posing as a cop, so... Okay, see, I thought it was a cop with a Merlin, but maybe they were one and the same. It was either a cop with a Merlin friend or a Merlin cop. Either Mm -hmm. way, they... Maybe that's what it was. They just kind of were like, hey, did she ever say anything about this, that, or the other thing? Mm-hmm. Made sure that they never knew anything. And yeah. Called it, it a day. Called that closed. Closed. Yeah. I think that, yeah, that's all. So, yeah, because she's just, like, sent reeling, it's like, what the heck? I'm, why am I going to be part of this order? You know, mm-hmm. I got Nick in danger to help me find all these answers unnecessarily. Mm-hmm. And I don't think we've mentioned yet, but yeah, it's like him being called anyone, any one of the science that is called their life is then shortened. Mm-hmm. The oldest that they get is what? 35. Yeah. There is a toll to be paid Yeah, for this heavy of magic. So I think she's just reeling from all the consequences of everything that has been set into motion. And then it was all needless. And mm-hmm. she just she just shuts everyone from the order out, including Nick. Yeah, including Nick. So it's like a couple of days. Yeah. And Alice no- notices. Because at this point, her and Alice are, like, good. They're yeah, they're good. good. They've worked everything out. And, They've talked. Yeah, and Brie kind of 
uh, tells her that she's just she's like in pledging like for a, so, a, a sort of society. yeah a, a campus group, and yeah. I think she, I don't know if she tells her dad the same thing as well, but you know she's yeah. not necessarily lying. It's true. It's just yeah. she's not telling them about the you know the magic, right? Um, so Alice again calls her dad and is like, "Listen, yeah, we got a problem here." Yeah. Bree's dad is such a kind. He's Loving a great dad. dad, such a great dad, such a great dad. Um, so he Brie meets her dad for breakfast, and um, they have a chat. And he ends up giving her a bracelet from her mom that had been her mom's bracelet, and it contains a magical memory and a message from her mom to Brie about the powers of her family, rootcraft and bloodcraft. That that was so cool, and I'll I'll save my feelings for the discussion. Yeah, but super yeah, cool very, scene. Very very cool scene. And Dad didn't know anything about no. the magical memory, but yeah. he just he wanted her to have this yeah. thing from her mom. Exactly. And the message and memory that she gets really helps heal her grief. It does. Because it basically, does. it's her mom giving her a message. It's such a cool scene, but she basically is giving Brie a message um, telling her that, you know, there are things, I don't know, just basically like things that she can't quite tell her yet mm-hmm. or whatever. But, yeah, you know, I don't know. Just the whole the whole moment is really beautiful. And, and it does. It just it helps give her closure and give her some understanding. Yeah. And, and she can really put away the pain mm-hmm. of losing her mom and she mm-hmm. kind of feel realize herself to have a connection because before she doesn't even want to think about her mom really it's too painful yeah but this really opens her back up and allows her to move forward without rage yeah yeah <laughs> or feeling nothing like she you know i don't know how to explain it but right it's it's very healing for her yeah so after brie goes through the memory that's concealed in the bracelet itself she contacts patricia and mariah and asks them to help her try and contact her ancestors again so they meet up they do their thing they sit in a circle and hold hands and she essentially breaks down her own walls of grief that were stifling her and her grandmother basically like possesses her and is like inside of her yeah and she's a Attempting to reach ancestors farther back to help Bree understand her own powers. Yeah. So possession in this case isn't like the exorcist. Right. It's, <laughs> but the spirit of like family members sort of like comes into their body, but like settles in like a visitor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I imagine that they could take over if they needed to. But for this moment, the grandmother's just kind of like chilling and out. Yeah, she's just And chilling. also doing magic of her own, trying to reach further back to other ancestors. But right. it's going to take a while. Yeah. So grandma's just chilling. Yeah. and But but with Brie. With Brie, yeah. So she Brie's just kind of like walking around with her grandma in there, mm-hmm. basically. Which those interactions are cool. I like Very them. cool, yeah. So... Uh, after this, Brie kind of has a sense of clarity of what she wants to do. At this point, she's just going to focus on rootcraft and kind of get some answers that way. But she's decided she's she's done with the order. She doesn't need to pursue being a squire. 
and all that. So um, to kind of say her goodbye, she decides to go to this gala that the order is holding. Um, and her plan is just to kind of do a final goodbye um, because, yeah, she has the closer closure that she's looking for mm-hmm. as far as her mother's death. Now she can focus on learning more about her family. Yeah. Um, she does, you know, she sees Nick and, and, and stuff like that, but she dances with Cell. <gasps> Maddie added the note. <laughs> side eye, side eye, side eye. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing I mean, untoward is happening here. Nothing, nothing, nothing. It, it, it. <laughs> I mean, there's a little something. Brief yeah. acknowledges yes. some, like, flutterings right. there. Right. And but she does, navel. she does still love Nick. She, yes, she yeah. does. It's yeah. undeniable, but. But there's a little zing attraction. Yeah. Perhaps. Cell's got it going on, apparently. Right. But she doesn't really have the opportunity to kind of tell Nick this is a goodbye. Right. He's just so ecstatic that she's there. Yeah. Yeah. And Because he hasn't seen her. She's shut everyone out for she the last is, yeah. little bit. So, yeah. you know, he's ecstatic. And now it comes time for the scions to choose their squires. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, Will chooses his, and then I forget who the other scion was that chose. Will Fitz? chooses is it? Witty. Yeah. Um, and then I don't think it's Fitz. Somebody chooses somebody. Somebody chooses Greer. Greer, yes. And um, and then, yeah, and then Nick selects Bree. Yep. And the, the, the scion chooses their squire, and then the squire has to accept. Correct. So... Witty and Greer both accept their scions. Yeah. And Witty and Greer are Bree's friends in yeah. the order. Like, yeah. they're who she chats with, hangs out with. Yeah. They're cool. Yeah. So, yeah. But, so Yeah. He chooses Bree. And kind of to my surprise, she accepts. Yeah. She was going to be done with this. But there's something in her. Yeah. That like feels. Yeah. That she should accept. And she does. And whoo boy everybody is not happy they they um entertained this farce as it was going on because surely no one thought he was actually gonna pick her yeah (laughs) and then when he did all the vassal families and all the other people that are you know part of the lineage of this group are just ticked off and Mm -hmm. they you know they they're treating her like she stole it and Mm -hmm. swooped in and people are being Racist yet again. So, yeah. Super great for them. You're right. Not at all. Big bunch of jerks. Yeah. But uh, so after this selection and acceptance, Bree and Nick are ushered out of the hall into a room and they kind of, I don't know, they're just like high on the decision and just like elated and yeah, kissy, kissy, kissy. Yeah. Sneaking <laughs> in some kisses there. Yeah. So Martin Davis, he his king's mage is Isaac, and Isaac sucks. Sucks. He comes in and gets Nick and is like, your dad needs you, blah 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 blah, right? And so Nick goes, mm-hmm. and then Bree is just in this room alone. And I think they're in Nick's room, maybe. I don't know what room they're in, but they're they were in a room. Yeah. Anyway, so she's like trying to cool down yeah. a bit. Yeah. And then Isaac comes back in and just snatches her. Yeah. Basically, it, she's kidnapped. And 
she they go into Martin Davis's office mm-hmm. and they have Alice and they threaten to erase all of Alice's memories unless Bree agrees to leave the order and UNC completely. Mm-hmm. So obviously Martin Davis is super sexist and super racist mm-hmm. in this moment, mm-hmm. telling her that she has two strikes against her, basically uh-huh. her race and her gender. Uh-huh. Like a real fuck. Um, (laughs) And he admits to being the one who's been opening the gates to try and trigger Camlin and awaken Nick so that he can basically run the order through Nick. Right. Major tool. Super bummed that... Super bummed that Camlin didn't happen in his time. Yeah. He didn't get to be... You know, possessed by King Arthur. Boo-hoo. Yeah. So, for whatever reason, he's sending his son's life into hell. Right. For power. Because, mind you, he gets to have his full lifespan because he was never awakened. Right. And if Nick is awakened, he only gets... He'll only live to be, like, 35. Right. And so, this is a father who's basically dooming his son to lit. To only live to be 35. Right. Like but a real hopefully dick. he produces an heir in that short life, and then that poor kid loses their parent at a young age. Right, exactly. So, so Martin Davis cool, guys. Is, is a real fucker, you know? So, yeah, we learn all the information here. And Mar- Martin was the one who opened it 25 years ago? Yeah. Yes. yes. Martin opened it back then, too. Yeah. Which they tried to... They use that to frame Cell's mother. Yes. Yeah. Big bunch of tool bags. Damn it. So, yeah, as we said, like, Brie agrees or whatever just mm-hmm. to get them out of there. And because Isaac had already started erasing Alice's memories. Yeah. And so, obviously, Brie has no choice. Right. So, but then, uh, you know, so they let them go. But then Brie gets Alice back to their dorm and her grandmother inside of her helps her actually use rootcraft to heal Alice. I don't know Mm -hmm. if it's strictly rootcraft or if it's kind of like a mix of both of both. Um, But luckily she's able to heal Alice and restore all of her memories. So she hasn't lost anything. Mm -hmm. Um, And then Brie tells Alice the whole story, everything, everything like everyone else has sort of gotten a piece she didn't want to tell too much bloodcraft stuff to the rootcrafter. She didn't want to tell too much rootcraft stuff to the bloodcrafter. Mm-hmm. She's trying to keep everyone's secrets you yeah. know, and her own, but like Alice gets the whole picture. Right. Which is great. So. Yeah. And she accepts it like a champ. Yeah, she does. <laughs> That's. She. Alice is. After her little issues in the beginning she she's ride or die now yeah she is we're ready for sure and she she calls brie maddie by the way that's which right. is really cute because her name is brie matthews and she calls her maddie yeah of course every time she called her maddie i was like oh maddie <laughs> even though she's maddie in, with, with t's. t's and you're maddie with d's that's right but i still was like oh maddie but yeah and then um i think that nick's dad admits that he's because it says they try to go save Nick. So has Nick been kidnapped by his father or something? Yes. So I think at this point, Martin is taking Nick to... Force him to... 
to like to the sword to Excalibur to, to try him, and yeah to put him in a situation where he has to accept the call or where he will be called exactly upon. yes so that's what Martin's doing and Bree uh, and Alice are gonna try and go and save him yeah so um, they go back to the lodge essentially mm-hmm. the scions and their squires are convening because there are also hordes and hordes of demons mm-hmm. gathering on the campus mm-hmm. and they're drawn to the power of Excalibur the sword mm-hmm. So they all decide to split up and go to the sword yeah. and fight. And yeah. that's where she believes Nick is probably going to be as well. Yeah. Which, and it's kind of cool because she goes to tell them, like, what Nick's dad has done mm-hmm. and doing. Yeah. And although I think that some of them would have believed her, I don't think all of them would. But because Cell then also has an account mm-hmm. of something that he saw I can't remember at this moment, but Cell kind of gives them, like, a co- corroborating sort of yeah. statement. And they're like, oh, okay, this is real. Mm-hmm. we got to go. Yeah. So they all settle up. Everybody's ready. And essentially what they do is they go through the Wall of Ages is a door to, like, caverns under the yeah. building. And so they go through there. They go through the caverns. They split up on their way to... The actual, like, cave where the sword is. Right. Alice stays with Will. Bree splits off with um, Fitz and Evan, which I don't think we mentioned. Charlotte's boyfriend, Evan, is also a page or scion. Or not, sorry. I think he's a squire. Squire. To Fitz. Yes. He's part of the group, which mm-hmm. obviously he didn't give any inkling in the beginning of the movie. Right. Or movie. God. Yeah. The beginning of the book. Yeah. Lord help me. This would make an amazing movie, though. Oh, yeah, for sure. If they did it right. But (laughs) so we're following them, at least Brie and her little trio through the tunnels. And they get attacked by imps. And it's, oh, it's pretty awful. Fitz gets killed. And then Evan is actually be revealed to be a demon in disguise. So what Cell thought Brie was... Evan actually was. Yeah. He, this, I think his name is Raz, Roz, mm-hmm. Roz, basically admitted that he killed Evan mm-hmm. months prior and has been parading around. And then when he saw Brie, he's kind of been like keeping an eye on her. And she was a great distraction from him, mm-hmm. you know, because it sent Cell her way instead of his. So it just worked to his favor. It did. Yippee. But, um. Bree tries to run for it, and they kind of have a they have a pretty hard fight. And she mm-hmm. actually pushes, ends up pushing her uh, Roz falls into like the ravine. Right, yeah, Devin doesn't kill him. Unfortunately. Right, unfortunately, but yeah, she gets an opening to see where the others are, and they're all fighting demons. Yep, and this is the part where shit gets wild. Right, because it. Right at the moment where the fighting and everything hits a, like, crescendo, Mm -hmm. everything stops. Yeah. Because, so, Nick is there. He's trying to resist the call. His dad is, like, clearly overwhelmed, like, uh, I messed up. This Mm -hmm. is not what I planned. You know, but everybody's just fighting. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, people are dying left and right. Yeah. Uh, Witty gets killed. Oh, and it's just, oh. His head gets like, it talks about like 
His head is like turned around the wrong way. Oh, it's just awful. And he is a bud. He is a bud. We liked Witty. Witty yeah. was good. Witty was good. Wait, there's a Maddie and a Witty. Aww. <laughs> Not that that really matters, but I just love that. <sighs> Precious. Precious. Uh, but that moment was very sad. It was really, really sad. Yeah. Um, but this is also whenever we get... This is the time that Bree's ancestors decide to pull her back through right. and show her what's the haps. Right. But right before that happens, Nick gets called by his knight. Mm-hmm. And he goes to take Excalibur. And can't. And can't. Pulls with one hand, doesn't come out. Pulls with two hands. It still won't come out of the stone. And then, boom. Here we are. The ancestor. Her name is Vera. And she takes Bree back to her own memories. And Vera was enslaved to a scion of Arthur. Yeah. Samuel Davis. Samuel Davis. And this man sexually assaulted her and she became pregnant. And this transferred the line of Arthur into Bree's family, making her the scion of Arthur. Right. Not Nick. Because Davis and his wife, Mm -hmm. in this memory, Vera remembers him and his wife arguing over children. They don't have any together. Right. But. But. His wife does get pregnant with a Reynolds, a man with the last name Reynolds. Yep. Who is the scion of. Lancelot. Yes. Which is the true triangle Arthur, Guinevere, Lancelot. Yes. In that in that flashback, yes, that is exactly what happens. So, yeah. The Davis line then becomes the line of Lancelot. Right. The Reynolds line, actually. Right. Right. Uh, Bloodline-wise. Bloodline-wise, it's a Reynolds. Right. But the Davis name... Right. ...is... And the Davis bloodline, the Arthurian bloodline... Is Breeze. Is Breeze. Yep. When she comes out of this memory... Before we go out of the memory, we should probably talk about the deal that her ancestor strikes. Oh, right. That only one... Well, yeah. So it's like she... Samuel obviously realizes that he's gotten this girl pregnant. Mm Mm-hmm. And he's chasing her because he wants this ancestor. He needs this ancestor for his bloodline to continue. And he pretty much tells her, like, he gives her every intention of... He he expresses that he's basically, like, gonna hurt her. Like, she knows he's gonna try and hurt her or something. Like, all he cares about is probably that baby. Mm -hmm. So she runs... And she makes a deal with her ancestor. She's like, give me the power to protect us. Give me the power to stay out of their sights. Give me the power to to stay basically hidden and mm-hmm. live. Mm-hmm. And, her, and her ancestors are like, okay, if we do this, th- there will only be able to be one daughter at a time. So basically, only one woman can have all that power mm-hmm. at once. Like, so... She's doing this through Rootcraft, but they're saying, if you do this, this is blood magic, and you're going to shorten the lives of every single woman in this line. So only one of you is going to have the power. So basically what we realize has happened is basically a woman lives to, just like the Scions, it's like lives to like 35, and then when their daughter hits, or whatever age, you know, that once their daughter hits of age Mm -hmm. to take on that power... 
then that's something. when something happens and that woman dies. That's mm-hmm. why there's no ancestral connection um, in the living world. And even in the spiritual world, I mm-hmm. think there's kind of been a block as well. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so she struck this bargain to keep her bloodline, her family safe. Yeah. But at a very high cost. Yeah. But yeah, that's why she has rootcraft and bloodcraft because it was a desperate move by a desperate woman who wanted to save her child. Very powerful. Incredibly so. But yeah, so then... Go ahead, then, sorry. <laughs> no, that was super necessary information. So when Brie basically comes back to the present time, she, Arthur, awakens in her and she pulls Excalibur from the stone. And everyone is so confused. So, so confused. And she, like... Even the demons and the... Like, like, they'll stop everything. (laughs) Stops everything. So, Nick has no idea what's going on. Because he's been called. Right. Just not by Arthur. So, they're confused. Yeah. And everyone else is also confused. Because who is Bree? And... So basically, she pulls the sword. They, she like in Arthur's voice, like commands them. She is fully possessed by Arthur in this moment. She like commands them, and they like defeat the demons who are in there. And she doesn't want to, but Arthur makes them like kneel to her because he is her king or their king. Mm -hmm. So essentially, she is their king, Mm -hmm. and um, everyone does except. Tor. Yeah, she's a little brat about it. And I, 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 this surprised me because like surprised Tor me. was not one of the people that was crappy to her. No. So I didn't know where this was coming from me other either. than it just shook everything she thought she believed. Right. But I still didn't understand. I, I didn't understand <laughs> the depth of her anger. I didn't either. Because it didn't seem like she was particularly close with Nick. No. So it, it wouldn't make sense for her to be indignant on his behalf. Right. And Nick didn't care. Right. So. And she, so Tor did have a tryst with Cell like a super long time ago, mm-hmm. but she's with someone else now. Sarah, so, yeah, her with squire. her squire, yes. So I don't think it has anything to do with that either. I don't know yeah. what her deal with. This kind of surprised me. Yeah, I was like, where right. is this coming from? Because Cell was the first one to kneel to Brie. Mm. I, I forgot that. Makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love the little eyebrow. I wish you guys could have seen it. Um, and Nick willingly bows. Too. Oh yeah, he's he incredibly has, confused. But like he, this man is not full of ego. At least not none, at this point. No, he's he, just like he doesn't feel like anything was taken from him. No. He has no like ill will or anything. No. So him and Cell. Yeah, not that they get a chance to talk about it. Right, because, but you could just tell. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's just really crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, we also see Cell shapeshift. At this point. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which is cool. Sick. I love a good shit So shit. cool. Everyone's kind of just insane right now. Yeah. But most people are accepted. They kind yeah. of think, okay, the demons are defeated. We're going to go back to the lodge and we're going to figure, figure this, this out. Yeah. But then Martin and Isaac kidnap Nick and they run off. Yeah. I don't know what their plan is with I Nick. I don't either. It's like... He's no longer Arthur. Right. I, I know that your world was rocked. Mr. I wanted to be Arthur, so I'm going to make yeah. my son be him instead. I know that your world was just rocked, you know, over the edge, but um, I'm going to need you to 
chill the heck out. But also, he's been called out. Like, everyone knows that he was instrumental in bringing mm-hmm. Camlin. So. Yeah. Yeah. Or trying to bring Camlin. So right. Yes. In big trouble. But yeah, I yeah. don't know why he steals Nick. But I don't know. To all of them, they're like, he's got to be in danger. Like, mm-hmm. even though that's his dad, like, that's not right. He's in danger. Yeah, we need we need Nick. Yeah. We need Nick. Yeah, so, we need Lancelot. Lancelot. So yeah. they go back to the lodge, yeah. and Bree puts Excalibur back in the stone, and the whole group is basically trying to decide how they're going to go about getting Nick back. Yeah. Like, what are they going to do? How are we going to do this? And, um... I think William kind of tells them a little bit about the next steps that is going to have to happen with Bree because she's Arthur. Yeah. They're going to have to, like, do all this stuff. Yeah. And, and we don't get to see any of that No, yet. none of that so happens. We're kind of at a pause while mm-hmm. we plan and regroup. I mean, some craziness just happened. A lot of yeah. people died yeah. and it, injured, and so we yeah. need to regroup. But the plan is to go after we, Nick. We've got to save Nick. Yeah. I think at the end, three people died, and it was Fitz, Witty, R.I.P., and Russ, yeah. who was the scion of Boars, I think. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think he was actually the first when earlier in the story, the first scion who was called, I think it was Russ. Yeah. Um, so they or all. Russ was, he was the scion. He was the squire to the first girl that got called. That's what it was. They were in a relationship. Yeah. That's right. Felicity. Yes. Felicity yes. and Russ. Was fel- oh, they were so cute. Horrible. Horrible. Um, so yeah, they're dealing with the, those three deaths and, now we're really just at the end, and yeah. it's Bree and Cell. They go back to the cliff from the very beginning of the story, and she makes the cliff jump. And that's it. Yeah. Cool way to close it out. I cool will admit, it when I read the line... <laughs> Let me just read the line, because my brain didn't, didn't understand it. And then I'm in the air, leaving the earth and trees far behind me. I didn't know what was happening. I was like, <laughs> did she just take flight? Like, I don't get it. But Maddie's perspective helped me understand that she decided to make a cliff jump. She wanted to, I don't know, I think in that moment, just kind of like take a moment for herself mm-hmm. before things got crazy. And she had to take on all this responsibility. And also it was something that she wanted to do at the beginning of the movie. So she's finally kind of like letting herself indulge that desire. Yeah. But yeah, I was like, I didn't understand what that meant. She <laughs> cliff jumped, guys. If anyone else was confused, probably no one, just me. But yeah. that's what that was. <laughs> yeah. So, and that's how Legendborn ends. Yeah. So, not only do you get a cliff jump, you get a cliffhanger. Yeah. Ooh, so good. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> Masterful, my friend. <laughs> Um, so, yeah, that's the end for the synopsis, our plot summary. Yeah. Our not-so-swift like, plot summary. Right? I feel like there was still so much left out. So much, yeah. And, I mean, and and I apologize, like, for anything that, especially me, forgot. It's just there's so much revealed. Yeah, so much stuff and happens. Return, but and we may... it wasn't too confusing. <laughs> Yeah, when we get to the discussion, it may be a, a scenario where some of the things that we didn't necessarily touch on here yeah. 
gets brought up in the discussion as well. So hopefully between the two, it's like a fully well-rounded coverage of the book, I guess. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, yeah, we're... You've now finished. Now jump over to the discussion. And it's going to be oh, sorry. the funnest. <laughs> yes. Um, so, yeah, thanks for joining us. And um, rate and review us, please. Email us if you want to. And everything from the very beginning tunes to the words to the edits to all the stuff is... The artworks. It's just us. Me too. The WRB crew. <laughs> oh, that was like a little little rhyme there. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we'll see you in the next one. Goodbye. Bye.